Prepare your heart to be moved by God through the preaching and teaching of His Word as delivered at Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. I want to preach this word that the Lord released to my heart and I released it to the prayer group and those who were online a few days ago, actually, this week who was there. I released the word of the Lord and we prayed about it and um, the Lord wanted me to preach about it. I was going to preach something different um, I thought, and then things shifted in the spirit, and the Lord wanted me to preach um, some of the things that I, that I mentioned that the Lord gave me about what's going on in the world, what's going on in politics, government, and what's going on in the church. And so I want to preach from the topic, the day of reckoning. The day of reckoning. We are in the day, or you can use the word days. It just means era or period of time of reckoning. The days of reckoning. And God gave me this word, and um, when I got up that morning to determine what he wanted me to pray, he began to say reckoning. I said, what? What? Reckoning? I had to quickly go study what he was talking about, and he began to put some things together, and he spoke to my heart and gave me some specific things that he's going to reckon, and I'm going to get to those specific things in just a little bit. But I must first ground that prophetic utterance that God has given me to reconcile what happened at the capital of Washington, D.C. It speaks to that moment, but I, to reconcile it properly, I want to give some scriptures that will help us really understand some things that are going on. All right, and so I want you to write these scriptures down. I think they are just too important for a time like this for you not to write them down, all right? And I want you to write them down. You can even go read them later, all right? But I believe God wants us to understand these things. He wants us to understand that we're in the end times or what is called the last days, all right? And I'm not here to scare you, all right? We've been a part of gospel ministry church grew up where they scared you about Jesus return it's in the Bible that he will come like a thief in the night meaning all of a sudden but I don't believe it's written to scare you but rather prepare you rather to keep you prepared so I don't want to teach from a spirit that incites or ignites fear the Bible says clearly that God has not given us that I don't have it God has not given us the spirit of fear, but what I do have is I got power, I got love, and I got a whoo, sound mind. Glory to God. And so I'm not here to scare you about Jesus' return, all right? Because that's not what it's meant, it's, but it's meant to make us aware, all right? And it's meant for us to have a goal to be ready. A goal to be ready. Another scripture talks about the virgins with the lanterns or the lamps. So we need to be ready holding our lamps full of oil and burning bright. So holding your lamps full of oil and burning bright. We need to be prepared. We're not going to have always the luxury to run and go buy oil. You got to know the scripture I'm into. If you're not, just do a Google search. Hold it. Lamps burning bright. Put lamp scripture and the Bible take you to this verse in scripture you can read that but I'm, I'm, I'm rephrasing to it or referring to it because there's going to come a season where you're not going to have time to go borrow no oil and that's what the bible talks about you're not you don't have to have your oil you're going to have to be ready and live ready and these are times why structures and systems are failing and the governments are crazy and people are losing their ever-loving mind and wickedness is going everywhere this is warning signs to put a little more oil in your lamp there's a little warning signs to get more prayer to get more fasting to get delivered to get stronger come on and keep all in your lap it also says you need to pay attention to your own spirit it says you need to become the pastor of your church amen get, become the pastor of your church your members glory to god well, hallelujah function on your members is your members praying come on is your members worshiping your members not, not not these members in this church not the members down the street but your members you got to become a pastor of your church and check on your church and make sure your oil is staying high and so it tells you to manage your spirit and be careful in your life all right and so we got out we don't gonna have the luxury to be running and getting no oil sometimes you're gonna have to stay full all right and i want to give you these several scriptures that i have and i'm going to use it to lay the foundation and again then i will get to the more prophetic aspect 
I believe with what the Lord had given me about the day of reckoning. Second Timothy, the fourth chapter, verses one through five. I'll actually be reading from New Living Translation. And I'm praying that the anointing come upon us in this season to accept the reading of God's word, all right? To accept it. You know, sometimes when we start reading scriptures, people get tired, right? But we got to get some strength to be able to read and take some little bit of reading, all right? And I got something for you today. So this is a great time to exercise the ability to pay attention to the word of God. Second Timothy, the fourth chapter, verse one through five is our first part of reading. It says this, I'm reading New Living, New Living Translation, all right? And all my scriptures. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own, their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of the suffering of the Lord, suffering or suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. Let's go to Isaiah 5 verse 20. Isaiah 5 verse 20 as I lay the foundation for the thoughts and the ideas that I will use to tell you about the days of reckoning. Isaiah 5 verse 20 says, what sorrow for those who say that evil is good and good is evil. How many know we got some confusion going on that people can't determine what's really good and what's evil, what's light and what's dark? That's verse next part of it. That dark is light and light is dark. That bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. Lord, help us. Second Timothy, third chapter, verses one through five. Second Timothy, third chapter, verses one through five. It says, you should know this, talking to Timothy, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will boast and they will be, they will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God disobedient to parents and ungrateful they will consider nothing sacred they will be unloving and unforgiving they will slander others and have no self-control they will be cruel and hate what is good cruel and hate what is good they will betray their friends be reckless be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God they will act religious but they will reject the power that come that make them godly listen to that they will act religious they will talk religious but let or reject the power that makes us or make them godly it says stay away from people like that mm. Lord help second Peter Second chapter, verses 1 through 10. Second Peter, second chapter, verses 1 through 10. It says, but there were also false prophets in Israel, just as there will be false teachers among you. In other words, there were false teachers back then. And so don't you think there have been false teachers back then and false prophets have come to the end. There are still false teachers and false prophets in the world among you. They will cleverly teach destructive heresies and even deny the master who bought them. In this way, they will bring sudden destruction on themselves. Many will follow their evil teaching and shameful immorality. And because of these teachers, the way of truth will be slandered. 
In their greed, they will make up clever lies to get a hold of your money. But God condemned, condemned them long ago and their destruction will not be delayed. For God did not spare even the angels who sinned. He threw them into hell, into gloomy pits of darkness where they are being held until the day of judgment. And God did not spare the ancient world except for Noah and seven others in his family. Noah warned the world of God's righteous judgment. So God protected Noah when he destroyed the world of ungodly people with a vast flood. Later, God condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and turned them into heaps of ashes. He made them an example of what will happen to ungodly people. But God also rescued Lot out of Sodom. He brought Lot out of Sodom because he was righteous, a righteous man who was sick of the shameful immorality of the wicked people around him yes lot was a righteous man who was tormented in his soul by the wickedness he saw and heard day after day so it gives a testament of lot living in sodom and gomorrah and trying to fight off the evils and hoping that he can somehow be a light to darkness all right so you see the lord knows how to rescue godly people from their trials even while keeping the wicked under punishment until the day of final judgment so god know how to rescue you until the final day so get ready to keep being delivered and brought forth until the final day he is especially hard on those who follow their own twisted sexual desire and despise authority john the 16th chapter verse 33 this will be the final scripture i'm reading to lay the foundation for the days of reckoning john 16 verse 33 says and he talks him back to us i was making us aware of what's going around us but here's what jesus tell his disciples in, in another chapter of verse in john 16 where he's telling them about him going away and all the things that's going to happen in the world this is what he leaves with his disciples he says these things I have spoken to you that in me ye might have peace. Say, have peace. In me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Again, I gave you this uh, prelude that God gave me this word about the day of reckoning this day of reckoning is to understand and to reckon or the word reconcile or the word reckon or wreck the first part of the word reckon wreck means to take heed all right and so sometimes when god is reckoning things i'll put a w on in front of that word wreck and now we got wrecks like accidents and crashes and so time while god is reckoning things there are wrecks happening in the world all right and so God uh, is reckoning and I believe this is what was going on on January 6, 2021 as uh, Donald Trump led a insurrection in Washington, D.C. Absolutely. He led it. Don't mean he had to be there to lead it. As a leader, you lead through your words. As a leader, you lead through your actions. As a leader, you don't have to show up and be the one that marches in the dough. Hallelujah. But if you pass on thoughts and people walk in those thoughts, you are the leader or the soul of those thoughts and so clearly he led people into an insurrection in january on january 6 2021 all right and so the holy spirit with a great conviction has reconciled this moment uh, i'll say this in advance for those who only have an ear to hear the gospel from a republican christian you're going to be confused because i started out talking about how donald trump has led an insurrection i am not hallelujah representing a democratic christian i am not i am not even representing a republican christian one of the challenges we have today 
is we got too many Democratic Christians. We got too many Republican Christians. You may not have seen or felt the problem yet. I've said it twice and you still don't get it. The problem is the Democrat is in front of the Christian. The problem is the Republican is in front of the Christian. And we got to get this thing right that nothing comes before the Lord. It's the Christian who may vote Republican. It's the Christian that may vote Democratic. It's the Christian that may vote Independent. And don't get confused. Again, I said this once, but for those who aren't here, I'll say it again. There is no secular platform in the world that fully occupies the agenda and the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has been given to a people called the Ecclesia, called to be salt and light in the world. And they are supposed to go to the government, to the secular realms with the kingdom message. So don't get confused that the Republican Party is stronger than the church or the Democratic Party is stronger than the church. And we got too many Christians who only hear the word of God through the lens of a Democratic platform or a Republican platform and the Democrat don't come before the Christian and the Christian don't become and, and, and the Republican don't come before the Christian. Come on here. We've seen more Christians take leave from work and go protest in this all foolishness and ain't showed up for evangelism. It's the spirit of error and God comes against you that you can go walk the streets but you ain't told nobody about Jesus since you first got saved. And you are in error. Evangelism is the strongest pride of a Christian. That's what it is. We are the salt and the light. And the greatest thing we are supposed to be able to do is shed light in the world. So if you know you ain't encouraging nobody about Jesus, you know you're out of order. And we got Democrats and Republicans. Now, I don't want you to think because I started uh, reconciling the act of, of, of Donald Trump, the president at this time. I, I don't want you to think that I was a Democratic Christian. I am not representing a Democratic Christian for all those who get in glee and happiness that I'm dealing it from that point. I'm dealing it from a kingdom point of view and I have not giving myself over to no platform of the world and one of the corrections that gotta happen is Christians gotta get back that nothing else is higher than Jesus come on not one tittle or one drop of his word is going to fail in our lives come on we gotta get back to the old song I will not trust the sweetest friend but only lean in Jesus name we gotta be there on Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground democratic all other ground republican all other ground independent is sinking sand we got to get back to standing for being believers of the word so don't get confused by the gospel I'm telling you Donald Trump is egotistical he incited a group against the, against the government as a form of rebellion. The spirit of tyranny is upon him. It's pride, arrogance, and narcissism at its peak. Pride, arrogance, and narcissism. I don't want to hear no poor excuse that we pat him on the back and say he don't know how to lose. The devil is a lie. He lost more than y'all know. He lost a lot of money. He lost a lot of time. He accustomed to losing. We all have lost some stuff. Stop patting him on the back that he's a winner and he don't know how to lose. The devil is a lie. He's lost some other things in his life. Stop acting foolish in Jesus' mighty name. It's pride. It's arrogance. And it's narcissism at its peak. Listen, to understand this principality it's a principality it's a structured darkness in the kingdom of Satan it's a principality it's a high thing you know the Bible talks about every high thing it's a high thing it's the spirit of pride it's being puffed up it's a high thing that exalted itself it exalted itself alright see see if you're not going to give it to me through the right process, I'm going to exalt myself. 
It's one that doesn't obey order and doesn't obey structure. I will exalt myself. It don't follow process. It don't follow order. It will exalt itself. You must understand that narcissist, this narcissist spirit enjoys seeing unbridled passion in others. Oh, it loves it. Loves to see unbridled passion in others. It loves it. And it loves to excite chaos. In their name, matter of fact, when this spirit gets people working for them, it loves to sit back and say, oh my God, look at the wreck they're bringing. Oh, look at this. These people just love me. It's a narcissistic spirit and it loves unbridled passion and it loves to excite chaos in their name. This high thing must be dethroned. Oh, this is spiritual. Uh, This high thing must be dethroned spiritually and naturally now that's spiritually represents prayer in the spirit change of heart but naturally means there has to be a change in his status and i'll go ahead and say it while i'm going i will be i believe it will be righteousness in the form of government if he is removed prior to january 20th or after it because they got different strategies to impeach him don't think i'm speaking from the form of a democratic christian or republican christian i believe it is righteous to move him out of office i believe he is a problem to the spirit of this world and and i know y'all confused about it but hold on a second if you got an ear i'll get to the other aspects that help reconcile even his platform and help you as well this principality uh this principality is engulfed and engrossed with self-interest works it works through coercion and manipulation with indirect but strategic approaches to skillfully request people to become martyrs for his purpose or their purpose and so what i mean by that is skillfully manipulate people and next thing you know people don't lost their job don't lost their career don't lost their family and they have become martyrs in the name of that person all right through this principality people are becoming martyrs in their career and their influences their influence and abandoning what is civil and lawful trump is not the only person taken by this principality he is not he is not he is not the only person there are other people in the republican party so they say that this is not exclusive to republican this pride and this narcissism is running rampant in a lot of offices and in a lot of people's lives and so i i know donald trump is one of the ones we can clearly see with it but he ain't the only one that got it there's some preachers who got it there's some bishops who got it there's some apostles who got it there's some evangelisms who evangelists who got it he ain't the only one. Oh no 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 we're not gonna just look at donald trump and not look at other things democrats there's some democrats who have it too the spirit of narcissism the spirit of pride god is reckoning these matters we're in the days of reckoning god is reckoning the falsehood and lies from the church house to the white house so first of all let me get into the church I want you to understand that God is now reconciling the church. Like I said, he's getting us delivered from looking at the word of God from a political lens. That's a cleansing. Because people keep looking at the word of God and only comply to one party. There is judgment and reproving that must begin not at the White House, but at the house of God. Let me tell you what judgment happens first. It doesn't happen in the world. It happens in the church. And even in while we watch what happened at Washington, D.C., I want you to be careful because now God is coming after the church. God is coming after his leaders. And God is coming to reckon and to reprove his leaders. Why? Because he said judgment must first begin at the house of God. Why? Because the church needs to have a record of rebuking rebuking and reconciling its own first we don't gain no respect and reputation going to the going to the world telling the world how wrong they are and we sit up here all the time and we never corrected nobody rebuke nobody or reconcile somebody because that's the other thing that's not happening that's how i know some of this stuff is not gospel help me holy spirit some of this stuff is not gospel god told me y'all watch out these lrs y'all know about no lrs right y'all know about them lrs y'all know about them lrs y'all know about no lrs y'all know about that youtube 
channel God said y'all confused about certain stuff he said I ain't tell nobody I didn't lead nobody y'all don't understand when people are just being spiritual but not being led because one thing I know I'm gonna judge it right and slow down I know you love I know you love Larry Reed I think he cool I think he got a calling on his life but he out, he's out of order because you don't host a show he ain't the only one but I'm gonna call him out he's others, it's others. you don't host a show and bear people trash and don't cover it in prayer so let's say you were trying to handle abuse and scandals in the church but the spirit of God don't just air out the trash like that them forums should be moments of intercessors and we should cover somebody and we should cover the church if you're going to talk about the church and you love the church that spirit of intercession should come upon these shows see y'all don't know the difference from from y'all don't know the difference from businesses with ministry versus ministry with business see there are businesses that got ministry outreach certain things that are spiritual but you got to remember they are business first but that God has called us to be a ministry with business ministry is first doing God stuff is first and there's a missing component to these areas I know I love truth I love addressing matters and there's a way to correct it but if it's void of the spirit of prayer if it's void of the spirit of compassion if it's void of the spirit of prophecy it is not the work of the spirit it's the work of the flesh added in with scripture and don't tell me that people can't act like they save with scripture the devil was Lucifer and he disguised himself as an angel of light and he influenced people to follow him and the Bible said that's why they're in hell to this very day until the day, day of judgment because people don't understand people who take ministry and use it for their own purposes so to have clarity it could possibly be the move of God if we can get to the point that they start praying about it yeah and start innocent just to be getting out there spreading news and guess what it has done to the body of Christ it has made us salacious it has made us salacious Ooh. let me see what's out there now let me see who's falling now let me see who can't keep their marriage together let me see who don't fail let me see what pastor is now sleeping with the secretary oh let me see who don't fail now and if you hit the subscribe button you can always get updates when he's riding down the street riding down the car I got something for y'all a little bit later bless God I'm telling y'all we got to get delivered from the delivered for things that sound and look like the church but it's not sound and I'm not just talking just about him he's an example of many more who need to purify their platform so it can be kingdom agenda we ain't got time to just be calling out everybody's sin and not covering it in mercy because you know what it's making people listen here it's making people who committed the same sins ah y'all ain't saying nothing join online and point the finger at somebody else's sin knowing that you was in a scandal two years ago knowing that you was jumping in somebody else's bed three years ago and there should be a compassion you have when somebody else is falling get out of here devil you can't trick the saints we got to clarify what's ministry and what's business yeah yeah this thing we are not able to reconcile or rebuke our own and all it does it makes the church look like hypocrites and every time we go to reprove the world, they look at us and say, y'all so raggedy. Y'all can't even reconcile your own. You leave people for dead too. You don't have even a reconciliation process. Some folk can rebuke, but they can't reconcile. That's the spirit of religion. I've even read, Lord help me. Uh, they can rebuke, but they can't reconcile. They can't show no love. Come on. They can't show no, they can't bring nobody in. Nobody can be corrected and loved again and see them preach again and see them minister again. And the nerve of us to preach this gospel about Peter, the apostle, who denied Jesus not one time, but three times in a day. He followed Jesus and he denied him three times. And then he's the one in the book of Acts who stood up and say these are not drunk like you suppose these are filled with the Holy Ghost the same Peter what's wrong with us the same Peter you preached about him right in the word he denied Jesus three times and we said he couldn't we, we just saying people can't have a new day what kind of gospel 
is this. That when you fall one time, two times, okay, ten times, there's no comeback. What kind of gospel is this? We, I, I'm preaching a gospel what I done came back many times. I want you to know. So let's get the word out. Let's get the word out. You ain't got to hear it on the streets. You ain't got to hear it from nobody. You're going to hear it from my mouth. I done failed many times before getting it right. I done stumbled in the way. I done learned how to walk. I done learned how to crawl. Come on. Not eat. No, no. Let's get it right. Let's get it right. I don't want you to think. I don't want you to think that I had everything right even when I got called to preach. I don't you know. I'd have some meetings with my pastor some days. I, don't, I, I want you to know the real record. So if, if somebody got receipts on me, I'd be the first one to come to the mic and tell you it's true. But the blood, hebo shot. And I got receipts too. You ain't said nothing. And I told the devil, you will never beat me telling my story. I'll correct you. No, that's wrong. I was over there three days acting a fool. You said two. You wrong. You ain't gonna beat me telling my story because who the son has said I'm free. You ain't got me in bondage from what I did yesterday. The blood has set me free. Y'all ain't playing around here. Talk about receipts. I got my own receipts. And that's what's wrong with people. You let people tell your story. You know where you was. Tell it. And let the gospel and the word deliver you. But we got to get delivered. <laughs> Lord help me. So we won't be hypocrites. Mockery. Oh yeah. The day of reckoning. Uh huh. There's a day of reckoning on false prophets. And they're going to be exposed. By who? True prophets. True prophets going to rise up. And they're going to do Facebook live posts. Oh yeah. They're going to call out the false prophet by name. They're going to handle it very maturely, accurately. See, the first part you're supposed to do when you really rebuke somebody, you're supposed to try to get a hold to them. That's really the first part. You ain't supposed to go public first. You're not supposed to go public first if you're going to rebuke them. You're not supposed to go public. Now, if you're warning people, that's different. But if you're rebuking them, that's different. You're supposed to go to them first. If you don't have access to them or you tried to have access and couldn't get to them, then you can go public. And then going public, you can say, I've tried to reach out to them several times. I've tried to reach to them. I believe the Lord has given me a word of the Lord to correct this matter. And for the sake of the body of Christ and the reputation of the body of Christ, here's the word of the Lord concerning false prophets, so and so. Yeah. God is raising up a mature mantle. Help me, Holy Spirit. To skillfully correct people. And this is how they're going to care. The mantle is going to be hot. All the prophets, lift your hands. If you're a prophet, call to the office of prophet, prophetess, intercessory. Intercessory, y'all need to lift your hands too. But God's going to put a mature and skillful grace on you to correct. You're going to be hot. Now it's going to burn within burn within you. But listen to this burn. Right, you receive it. You can put your hands down in Jesus' name. You, you're going to burn. But when you correct, you're not going to burn up the garment. You're going to be burning on fire, but when you correct stuff, you're not going to burn up somebody's destiny and your purpose. The Bible already told us those who are skillful, some folks have no business correcting nobody because you ain't got no tact, no skill. Nathan was a prophet skillful, and when he went to David the king, although Nathan was the prophet, Nathan was skillful in correcting King David. Because King David still had authority and King David could have cut off his head. But what Nathan did is he's trapped David in his own riddle. And basically he, he trapped himself. He said, what if a man had a whole bunch of ewe baby sheep? He had a whole bunch of ewe baby sheep. One man only had a few. But another man had a whole bunch. And he took that little ewe little lamb from the man just had one. What should happen to this man? Nathan, Nathan problem put it to, David said, the man should be killed, put to death. Nathan said, uh-huh, you the man. <laughs> so don't get mad at me. And, and conviction fell back on the heart of David. He said, you the man. You the man that went after and got greedy and lustful and had to have Bathsheba. You had enough women in that <laughs> David you had enough concubines and women and stuff you got through war you had mad you had all these women through mad you had enough but you were so greedy you had to have bad sheep and little Uriah out there in war and this innocent man supporting you set him up for death 
God said, you are the man. So the skillfulness is to correct and not burn up the garment. We are unskillful in correction. We don't know how to separate the wheat from the tear. God separates the wheat from the tear. What we do is we throw out the baby with the dirty bath water. We don't get rid of the dirty bath water and keep the baby. We throw away people going through struggle and their destinies. And we're unskillful in how God reconciles people. We're unskillful. We're full of hatred. We're mean and we blind. Blind in what? Blind in your own sins. No one makes me so merciful. I remember where I was. It don't mean that I don't address it. Don't mean that I don't preach on it. Hallelujah. Don't mean none of that kind of stuff. But the reason I can receive mercy because I've been given mercy. And how wrong it is for the church to be given mercy by God and can't give nobody else mercy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let me say it right clearly while I'm going through that. That's how I know the agenda. A part of what the Republican is trying to push about abortion is wrong. Because part of the gospel message will be also not just abortion is wrong. And that shouldn't be news to no believing Christian. Shouldn't be news, but it is news to some believing Christians because you're a democratic Christian. You're a democratic Christian. And that's news to y'all. All right. Oh, you won't believe me? Let me back up a little bit today. Let me back up. Let me show you how abortion is wrong. The Bible says to, to the prophet Jeremiah, before you was in your mother's womb. I knew you. So the argument is about when conception occurs. God said conception occurs in the heavens. So we ain't got no business unless we're in a health procedure practically and something's going on with that, touching what God has started. That's Bible. Because conception don't begin in the womb. It begins in the heavens. He said, that's what the Bible said. Don't struggle with the <laughs> I see you choking. Let it go down. He told Jeremiah, before you was in your belly, your mother's womb, before your mama met your daddy, before your mama knew your daddy, before your mama got into the earth, before your daddy got into the earth, I knew thee and I ordained thee to be a prophet. Before. Before. The argument with his conception. God says in the heavens. So you know what our problem is? God help me. We think we can mess with divine design. That's our problem. We think we can make it with the divine design. God created these things. God put these things in motion. So a Bible reading, Bible understanding Christian ain't supposed to be struggling with that. We ain't supposed to be struggling with the, is it right or wrong? Whether homosexuality is wrong. Perversion is wrong. We ain't supposed to struggle with that. That we may struggle with getting it out of our lives. That's an honest struggle. <laughs> that, that's fine I can accept that part of it I can accept that you got to be clarified and some things have to happen in you that's fine I had my journey too with some things alright it's all good but right and wrong no 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 you shouldn't struggle with that not a biblical Christian it's a divine design God created the man with a penis God created the woman with a vagina that's just natural matter y'all in the biology y'all right God created that and when he created it he know where he wanted it to go God created it. This is, this is all basic stuff. See, we struggle over what God created. See, we've given sex over to the devil. God, y'all hear me today? God made the penis. Say it very clearly. God made the penis. All right, I'm not being, I'm being, so, see, we can't come and, and that's it. God made the vagina. See, no, God did it. It was holy. Ah, y'all see, we struggle with what God did. The devil comes in and perverts it. God did that. God know what he wanted with mankind. God know what he wanted. So we have to learn how to get ourselves under what he created. So we're not sure. We got to honor divine design. This is where we're going wrong. We're not honoring divine design. He designed it to be this way. He designed it, the man and the woman, to fit like hand in glove. He designed it to be that way. I can keep going, but I'll do that later. That'll be a spiritual anatomy biology class. I can keep going. I can go back. I can go down to the testament and the testicles and all that and metaphorically tell you, but I'm not today. Oh, yeah, it's biblical. See, that's why, we, that's why perversion can be rampant because you don't know divine design. 
See, when you know divine design, you can run out perversion because you understand divine design. All right, divine design, Genesis 1. It said that he made everything after its kind, right? He made everything after its kind, right? He talked about after its kind, man. All right, on sixth day, he made man. But before that, he already started doing divine design with the animals. And he said, and they multiplied after its kind. So, if animals understand that there's a divine design, and zebra go with zebra, horse go with horse, cow go with cow, ain't no man got no business with, a, with an animal. It's called bestiality. It's perversion. It's perversion because it's designed to produce after its kind. He made matches for one another. They had a match to repeat his glory in the earth. Don't you understand? A horse is God's glory. A cow is God's glory. An animal is God's glory. God created them. God created the sound of the horse. God created the sound of the whale and the fish. It's his glory. And he wants to see his glory in the earth. And it only happens when things that mm, are ordained to be together come together. Divine design. God, somebody say, I got it. Yeah, divine design. See, that's why I don't, get, I don't even get upset when I get into these arguments about man and man and woman and woman. This is too easy. I've teach, taught this before. Go ahead. Science tells you about divine design. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead and, and put two negatives in your, your car. See what you get. No charge. Go ahead and put two, two positives. Your battery in your car even tells you there's a balance of things to make things run right. It's all over the place. It's in divine design. It's in life. It's in science. It's everywhere. It's divine design. Divine design. It's, it's all everywhere. I mean, it's like we have divine design everywhere, even in natural stuff, and we ignore it. I bet you won't get no light from that lamp until you take that plug and plug it in that socket. I bet you won't get nothing. All right, some of y'all getting it now. I'm trying to get you to stop arguing over divine design. All right, let me tell you again. The, the church of Jesus Christ has been emotionally distracted by prophets who are emotional. They talk about emotional prophets. I got to hurry up. They're prophets, but they're emotional. They prophesy according to what's happening. The, the Bible calls it distracted or presumptive prophets. They prophesy based on likes. They prophesy based on fanfare. They prophesy based on crowds. Oh, don't let them get into a crowd of a thousand people. Oh my God, they're going to say a whole bunch of stuff God didn't say. Why? Because they're excited about people. Oh my God, this is my time. I'm going to prophesy all kinds of stuff. Right? They are emotional and distracted prophets. They're not necessarily just like a false prophet. A false prophet has no intent of leading you to God. They'll lead you into idolatry. An emotional prophet can be sent of God. They walk in presumption, but when they prophesy incorrectly, the spirit is beckoning them to apologize. Let me get on this. God has reckoning all the prophets who spoke and said, Donald Trump, we're going to have a second turn and have not yet apologized. The Holy Spirit is beckoning them to apologize because they were wrong. And when you care more about the kingdom and its image than your little ministry image, you will come out and say, guys, I missed it. See, I can say this humbly because I missed it before in my life. I thought my first child, y'all know the story, thought my first child was going to be a daughter, a boy. And I already had a name. His name was going to be Samuel. His name was going to be Samuel. And I, I was excited about it. Pastor Robin carrying that beautiful baby, which is now charity. <laughs> Told everybody in church, I'm having a boy, and his name's Samuel. Well, everybody, you can't see it. You can't see it because it's in the womb. And every time we went to get an ultrasound, I should have known it was a girl because she was so modest. She just would cover up every time. Every time we went to ultrasound, she would cover up. Can't see this. Every time we we'll touch side. For me, <laughs> I ain't gotta see nothing. This is a boy. His name is Samuel. <laughs> um, 
Even what's called it told me, Deaconess Sandra Sims, Tomb Sims. I said, Pastor Joe, that's a girl in there. Oh, you mean well, you sweet. I'm telling you, she better. I'm telling you, Pastor Joe, that's a girl. I'm telling you, it's a girl. I'm like, whatever. Shando Basota. Huh? It's a boy. His name is Samuel. Well, she goes in labor. I go to the hospital. The way that everything happened, they pulled us out of the, the room where Pastor Rob was giving delivery. She did a C-section, and they pulled us out. So she was born and birthed, and I wasn't in there. And they came in, and they brought me, they brought Charity out and said, you have a beautiful baby girl. I said, oh, I was shocked. I got a girl. Huh? <laughs> At that moment, I had to reconcile, wait a minute. Get out your feelings. You miss God. Get, get out your little feelings. I started getting my feelings. I was like the prophet Jonah on a good day where God blessed me with a beautiful baby girl. Love my baby daughter. Don't get confused. I'm huh? just telling you through a story. Beautiful baby daughter. Here I am sitting down in the lobby of the hospital like, Lord, what? I was like Jonah on a juniper tree. Just like sad. The Holy Ghost came to me and said, what's wrong with you? Get yourself together. This is a great day. Get yourself out of your emotions. Get yourself out of what you missed and just move on with your life. I was getting all in the valley talking about I'm never going to preach again. I'm never going to prophesy again. Because my pride was in the way. My pride was keeping me from a new day. From God moving me on. I'm sitting in there. God said get yourself together. You are going to preach again. You are going to do what I say again. You are going to prophesy again. I don't prophesy many times after that. And God done did what he had to do. But it disciplined me. Here it is. I'm going to teach you about prophetic ministry. I disciplined me to be connected to the one who gave it versus the one versus the word. We focus on the word and we get connected to the word that was given versus the one who gave the word. And God said you got to be careful in this thing of the prophetic because I'll speak again. I sent the prophet and I told Nate and I told the prophet to go to Hezekiah and I told Hezekiah he was going to die. But Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and began to cry out. And then the prophet came and sent another word and said you will not surely die. God will give you more years. So it's not always about hearing the first word. Now I could have been wrong the first time too. But I'm just saying it ain't about hearing the first word. It's about standing connection with the Holy Spirit. See, that's the discipline of, the, of being a prophet. You got to stay in connection with the Holy Spirit. It happens again. Even when Abraham has to go and offer Isaac as a sacrifice. God said, go kill your son. But if you ain't listening, you mess around and kill your promise. All right, so I've been there. So get over yourselves. Emotional, distractive, presumptive, presumptive prophets. Apologize, repent, and get yourself back into the flow of God. There's a reckoning. Let me get through here. There's a reckoning on religion. That has disguised itself as pure faith in God. It's religious. This reckoning deal with the church philosophies and doctrines and ideologies. God's going to deal with organizations that loved him greatly in seasons past. But since has moved into elitism. Claiming they have a monopoly on the specifics aspects of the word and his presence. They are blind. And as a result, scandal and pride is prevailing. God is reconciling organizations that had moves of God years ago. I mean, and, they, and you know they had moves of God years ago. You know why? Because every time they get up, they remind you of 1952. That's a sign that God ain't doing nothing lately. Oh, they're, and they get happy off of 1902, 1908. They get happy. I'm not saying you can't get happy about that. But if God has been moving fresh in you uh, and pride is not in the way and elitism is not in the way, you remember that God just did something last week. All right. And God says, how be it even though sin has abound, there is more grace that will be greater than the sin. So, yes, there are some things to rectify in the body of Christ, but the grace will be greater. Everybody said the grace will be greater. Here it is. There is a holy Global yes, this is what God told me, that's going out through the world. And if you would just lift up your hands and receive it, there's a yes coming in global. It's global. It's bigger than truth gathers. It's bigger than your church. There's a yes that he's trying to bring his church into. There is a holy reckoning. I'm almost done here. Hold on. But we as the church have to say yes. So that's the church. Let me handle the government and moving. 
The government and other spheres of authority, that's employers, courts, judges, law enforcement, are also being reconciled or, or reckoning by God. There's a reckoning of hypocrisy that's contradictory behavior of the treatment of people. Yeah, you saw it. You know what would have happened. <laughs> if it was African Americans, you knew what would have happened. You've seen some things. Yeah, that's true in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. On the treatment of people based on class, skin, country of origin, and financial power, and the ability to contribute to consumerism. There's a reckoning on hypocrisy, how people are treated based on their class, their country of origin, their financial power, their ability to contribute to consumerism. There is a reckoning happening in America. There's a reckoning on backdoor alliances and secret deals. See, some of the stuff going on in government in certain places are secret deals, backdoor stuff that nobody understands what's really going on. God's reckoning. There's a reckoning on ungodly and self-interest alliances. The only reason we came together is for our group to benefit us and we don't care about nobody else. All right. And so God has begun to start reckoning things in the earth. There's a day of reckoning. Look, after January 6th on that day when the, uh, the insurrection happened, all of a sudden, Kelly Loafer, Loafler, if I'm saying her name right, who lost the Senate seat in Georgia, all of a sudden, without any more investigation, without any more audits, were able to say, I'm not going to um, not decertify the electoral votes. Immediately after what happened on January 6th, Kelly was able to get up and say, I'm going to vote for the according to the electoral college. No new count, no, no talking about Dominion machines, don't need none of that. Knew it all the time that there was no problem with the votes going on let me tell y'all something i'm in accounting and i know and i've done audits and stuff like that let me say this and and, and sometimes you think you found fraud and all you find is a process improvement or an error and so you find errors but errors ain't always fraud Errors ain't always fraud. Fraud is an intent to deceive. It's a set-up system. And so sometimes you find errors. And all because you find errors, that's not fraud. Come on. And she was clearly able to say, I have to reconsider in good conscience, is what she says. I cannot uh, decertify the electoral votes because of what happened today. I'm going to go for and vote according to the electoral college. No new counts. No new nothing. <laughs> Kathy Morris Rogers did the same thing. She didn't do no new counts. She, at first she was going to say, I'm not going to vote according to the Electoral College. But after January 6th and what happened at D.C., she was able to change her mind. Why? Because she was being reckoning. Same thing for Steve Daines. And what I'm trying to tell you, God is shaking things to bring things back into order. And I don't want you to be discouraged when God is shaking stuff. I want you to hold on to God's hand as God is shaking stuff. There is a reckoning going on in the earth and it's going on in the church. And so I'm telling us to be careful while God is still shaking things. And it's okay for us to be shaken because when we get shook, we come out with salt. He's a salt shaker. And when he shake us goodness comes out so it's okay for us to be shaken but we should be shaken like the world he's reproving the world of his deeds and its sins and he's also cleansing the church we're moved into the days of reckoning he's reckoning us as believers and as christians he's reckoning you and me he's reckoning us but a part of our deliverance is called a beckoning he's brought us to his yes he's drawn us to his presence He's bringing us to a place of apologies and repentance and reconciliations. And I want you to know as we're moving into Fast 2021 and those who are part of our church, hold on a minute, I'm almost done, but I want you to hold on. You got to need some endurance. Thank you so much. As God is moving us, he's beckoning us, but he's calling us to also repent, be reconciled, to be cleansed. And this day of reckoning is happening in the earth. God is concerned about Christians being overtaken about government and party platforms. Some of us, our, our views are wrong. Wrong, according to scripture. You're wrong when you only go after abortion and don't go after other things as well. As if God only cares about abortion. You're wrong. <laughs> and that's why pride was able to reach its peak. Because you ignored the sin of pride, many, and only focused on the sin of abortion. Hallelujah. And there's more to that. I can't go into all of that stuff. But the sin of abortion. 
and other sins that we call out. And I already said it before, and I, and I mean to balance the books. It's just a shame that no, a person who had no reputation of holy living, Donald Trump, somehow become the poster boy for traditional marriage. And no, we never heard about him being with another man, but we sure heard about him being with other women. So how you come to poster boy for traditional marriage and you've got a name all over the place where you've been everywhere else? Church! Church did that. He didn't do that for himself. Church was a part of that foolishness. Church. People in the body of Christ who tried to move into a national religion. And it's not doing the wrong way. There's some parts that the government is supposed to do but there's a place that never there's parts that can never be replaced by the church and the church is trying to forego its responsibilities <laughs> and put it over into a governmental platform and even when we talk about the issue of abortion and things that surround it there are other social aspects and other things that people need touch and ministry that the church needs to be doing so when you're just talking about anti-abortion you're missing the whole evangelistic call about the man and the woman who needs to be touched the man who needs to be taught how to sow his seed in the right ground with the right person well y'all hear what I'm trying to say here we're missing it we're trying to legislate everything in, in law and it has to happen in people's hearts and the church can't afford to miss it anymore look how crazy the world is getting because we got preachers and leaders who don't know how to rightly divide the word of truth and don't know how to discipline their own emotions and don't know how to keep their self abased in God. I don't care how many people draw into your church. That don't matter. Don't even matter for me. I tell everybody, I got delivered. Somebody accused me online. I'm about to pray and do all the call. Somebody accused me online because I was judging a certain thing on Fox News Media. I was in the threads. Y'all gotta pray for me. God's been telling me to get out of it this week. But I've been there the rest of the time trying to give some wisdom to people. But God, God told me they try to accuse me of being held hostage that I don't preach the gospel to this church. They said, you won't say that stuff in your church because you know them people will walk out and won't give. I said, you don't know me. I'm free. I said, I'm free. I got delivered when God called me in the pastorate. And I'll never forget this. When I got called into the pastor, God told me never again will you settle for scandal and being a leader in a place that's full of scandal. He said, you got used to that foolishness, the place, some things I was going through in the previous ministry that I'm over and God's delivered me from and I love them and I'm praying for them and things of that nature. But God said, listen, never again will you settle for less. And in that day, I made a vow to God that I'd rather be in a toe up uh, storefront church with two members, a bass drum, but the people love God, love people and live holy and trying to please God than a church full of people with big names coming to preach. That day, I made a vow to God. So I told him, you ain't got nothing on me. Before I knew any wisdom and skill on how to maneuver that type of grace, that boldness, I felt that strength. Before I knew it, I'm telling you, I remember I threatened truth gathers that I'll close it down. When it was a community church on Petty Drive, we was getting to that spirit that preach, pastor, preach. The praise was low. The praise was low. The praise was low. Nobody wasn't getting in worship sometimes. Praise was low. But when I would get up to preach, preach, pastor, preach. I said, wait a minute. We don't spend 20 minutes trying to worship God. And now I get up to preach. You want your word for the week. You want your prophecy. Uh-uh. You ain't about to get me in trouble with God. That y'all praising me more than praising him. Oh, no. You ain't gonna get me in. I wasn't skillful then. I told them I'll shut this thing down. I'll leave y'all here by yourselves and go down the street. Now I still mean it, but I'm not as unskillful. <laughs> I meant it too. Y'all think I'm playing. Let me tell y'all something. When I finish with this gospel, I'm going to heaven. No, don't you get confused. I'm, I'm going to heaven. No, I'm going to heaven. I'm not gonna preach to you. <laughs> and myself be a castaway. The devil is a lie. I'm not getting caught up in no 50 lucre, none of that kind of stuff. After this, I am going to heaven. I don't care what you say. Try to accuse me. I said, man, you don't know me, brother. I'm free. Free. No, and see, I don't preach. I preach a certain way. Let me say this while I'm moving. 
I preach a certain way because I don't want to attract who I'm not. See, I'm true to who I am. So I don't have people all in our congregation that say, Pastor, you can't preach on that because I gave $1,000 on last week. I don't want who gave $10,000. God blessed me with a lawsuit and I don't want bought that whole new brand, new children's wing. I paid for that with $50,000. See, I don't have those type of people in our church because I don't preach that way and I don't attract that type of kind of people. So I told him, man, you so off. I said, man, I laughed. Get out of here in Jesus' name. Man, please. I'm free. I'm trying to tell you if you will lift your hands God is reckoning us and I know I gave a lot of meat today I gave a lot of principle today there's so much to pray about but I hope you heat the heart of God that he is reckoning churches and I want to get us focused back on the church for a second not that God's not reckoning the world because I'm praying for God to reckon that situation in Washington DC I believe it's important for the government and I'll go ahead and say it right now I believe the Senate and the Congress have a spiritual mandate to, 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 to remove Agag Agag was the king of the Amalekites and the king of the Amalekites was spared under the regiment of Saul King Saul God told King Saul and utterly destroyed the Amalekites. He went and destroyed other stuff, but he kept the hand. He kept Agag. And don't be surprised why there is Agag on the president. He talked too much. He had a line, but God said Agag needs to be removed. That's righteousness. That's righteousness. So I don't want you to get confused about what God needs to do in the world. God needs to reconcile the church. God needs to reconcile many of you. Many of you need to find yourself in this word I've talked about today. Where God will deliver us and God will set us free. Hands lifted. I'm, I'm praying. I'm praying because we're in that day of reckoning. We're in that day of reckoning. Come on, lift your hands. And just begin to say, yes, Lord. We hope you've been blessed by this fresh word from Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. Pastor Joseph Davis and the congregation invite you to join them. You can find more information by following them on social media. Just look up Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. And we pray that God will bless you richly and abundantly in the coming days, knowing that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him.